I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a wonderful, successful week. This week's shear is sponsored by the Wiederman family of Wesley Hills, New York. This year is dedicated this Chutzr Fuhr of David Bentemo and Devarachaya Basaster. May they have a Fuhr Shlema of a Karav. Thank you to our corporate sponsors, Meridian Senior Health, the Haas and Zaltz Law Firm, and Bluestone Brokerage. For future dedications, please reach out to 845-367-2959. The great Rov and Mashkiach of Chatzkla Bramsky had been taken to the notoriously cold and harsh region of Siberia, known for its unforgiving freezing temperatures. At the time, Rav Chatzkel was a young boy, and he had a frail, weak body, and he was prone to getting sick, and he ended up in the hand of devils. And amongst the torture that he endured, one of the things the generals, the Russians, would make him do would be to run with his bare feet in the freezing ice and snow. It would make his feet bleed and freeze. And he was a sick, frail young boy. And he had no way of fending for himself or protecting himself. And Rechatzkel turned to Hashem. And he said, Ebishter, he said, the Gemara Ksuba says, Everything is in your hand besides fever and cold. And the reason is because a person, a man, guard himself and keep him from getting sick. He can wear a coat. He can bundle up, put on a scarf, take vitamins, extra vitamin D, vitamin C. But Chatzko said, Hashem, I'm in a different situation. I'm unable to take care of myself. And therefore, even for Tzinim Upachim, from fever and from cold and from sickness and from hypothermia, you have to save me. There's nothing I can possibly do. And the story is told that not once throughout his entire tormentous times through Siberia did he get sick even once. He simply casted the entire burden, the entire pain and those years of Gehenim that he lived in Siberia. And he sent it up to Hashem and Hashem took care of him. And despite his frail stature, Rav Chatzkel miraculously remained untouched by illness throughout the torment and pain of communist Russia. This is a story of Betachan, of full surrender and submission and we find this idea very hidden, very discreet in this week's parsha, in the famous story of the rocks that Yaakov put over his head. As the Pasuk tells us, Yaakov came to a place and he stopped there for the night. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and he lied down in that place. And Rashi comments, a son came in Marziv, He made them in the form of a drain pipe around his head, because he feared the wild animals. Now, the obvious glaring question is if Yaakov Avinu was afraid, if he feared the animals that were around him, the wild, ravenous animals that could have came over to him in the middle of the night and just ate him up, devoured him. How could it be that this one rock saved him? This one stone that he put under his head. They broke up and they wanted to all serve him. That's beautiful. That's nice. But how is that sufficient to pacify Yaakov's fear from not being eaten up by a vicious bear, by a hungry lion? And furthermore, perplexing, not only did he sleep, as the apostle says, Vayishkav Bamakamahu, that he slept, but the Medrash tells us, Oz When you lie down, do not be afraid. This is Yaakov Avinu. When you lie down, don't be afraid. As we learned from Yaakov Avinu, he lied down and he had a sweet sleep. This is unbelievable. Not only did Yaakov Avinu take one stone and put it under his head and neglect the fact that it didn't cover the rest of his body, 
but he slept and he had a sweet sleep, like a long winter Friday night, just hunkering down, knocking out, sometimes a donut, not a donut. But either way, Yaakov had, the Medrash tells us it was a sweet sleep, went out of its way to tell us this fact. So obviously there's something to learn from here. And the question is, how do we wrap our heads around this? He was a lone man, running away from his savage brother Esau, scared, panicked ridden, and he's going to get killed from him, from his Russia brother. And he finally finds a place, and he hears howling, and barks, and crows, and roars of all the animals in the wilderness. He could just lay down and have a sweet sleep. And once he was making some type of shelter for himself, why on earth didn't he cover his whole body? Why didn't he make a blanket, a shield, an igloo of rocks, something? Bury himself in the ground. But he took this one rock, and that was sufficient to keep him calm, and to keep him content, despite the frightening element. The answer is, says Reb Simchazisul Brady, the Altar of Kelm, Yaakov Vinu, the paragon of Betachen, is teaching us through this episode as well, that sometimes all you can do is ishtadlis, is whatever is in front of you. And after that, there's nothing else that can be done. There's nothing else to do. Yaakov Avinu was running and he settled down and all of a sudden, the sun set. He looked around, he found a rock and he put it under his head. He knew that that was all he can do. He wasn't going to start running around, that would be dangerous. Maybe he'd come into contact with a bear or a lion. Instead, he just stayed put, he sifted around, he found that stone and that was good enough. This sight over here is incredible. Yaakov Vinu is teaching us, generations later, do what you can do, do what's available, and after that, surrender. So many times we feel, if I would have done this, if I would have said this, it would have been so much better. Or about the future, we worry, we think we can determine or influence the future. Strategies, planning, if I do this, if I don't do this, if I say that, if I don't say that, there's nothing really to do. Besides, stay true to our core values and beliefs, never let loose on our clench on Bitachin. And when we just go like that, passively, we're just going through liquid, translucent light, and just doing Ratz and Hashem and aspiring to be great, and to bring light to this world, and happiness, and Shalom, and just goodness to the whole world and to ourselves, then whatever happens, happens. By the Hava Hava, and whatever will be, will be. And command of Rahman al and the deep, hidden lesson that we're discovering right now is much deeper than a project children bring home from their moros with Yaakov Avinu lying with a bunch of stones fighting to be under the head of a tzaddik. Yaakov Avinu was giving over the Messiah for Deris. He was fortifying and igniting us with the MS Lamito that there's nothing more we can do. We do our Ishtadlis and we leave the rest up to the Kalyachal. The story is told of a Yid who went to the Briskarov and said, I simply don't understand we talk about Amuna, we talk about Bitachan, and we talk about how Hashem only provides to those that seek and take refuge in Him. So the seed asked the Briskarov, I don't understand. On the one hand, it's understandable how and why Hashem provides and sustains and is Michalko the poor people, Anim, because they don't have anything. And the only place they can turn, the sole address for all their needs, is to Hashem. So understand why Hashem provides for them. But the rich man, the Gvir, who's arrogant and haughty and takes refuge and pride and comfort in the knowledge that he has money, that he sees dollar bills. If that's his menuchas anefesh, I don't understand. Why does Hashem take care of him? He doesn't have any bitachon. He's not looking to Hashem. He's not pouring out Hashem. Help me. Hashem, give me. Hashem, give me food. He's self-sufficient. He can row his own boat. So how can it be that he has anything if he's not turning to Hashem? And the Baruch answered, he said, I not only hear your question, 
He said, I've been grappling with this paradox for many, many years, and it's still unresolved. I do not have an answer. And the side is that we learn from Yaakov Avinu, that we see from our G'daylem, our Tzadikim, we have to channel all our hope, all our challenges that we face in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and realize He's the only address, He's the only force that can possibly help us, that can possibly carry us through. And when we do that, we'll be happier and more wholesome Yidin. If I may end with a bracha, may Hashem give us all the siyata dishmayin clarity, the resolution and resolve to remain strong and fortified with bitachon, even in the face of life's greatest challenges, nisyonis, especially what's going on in Eretz Yisrael, with the unbearably tragic news that unfortunately we hear and we see every single day. May Hashem bring an end speedily to all the unbearable pain and anguish that we're facing as a klal, as one unit. Hashem bring nechama to all those that need and shmir on protection to those that are fighting on the front lines and not just a temporary ceasefire, but permanent geula, real redemption for all of us for the days of Umala Aretz Deya with the binim Shlishi and the greeting of Mashiach to the Kenu Bimher Vimenu Amen. I thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed. I wish each and every one of you a wonderful Shabbos.